Back for part two with Coley and Kavanaugh today, breaking down all of the numbers from this past week's WASDE report. And David, talking about the corn, we've got a pretty good idea, I think, of what's going on here in the U.S. and certainly even a better idea right here in our area. And I think we all share a little bit of guarded optimism about the corn that is growing right here in our region. And as John pointed out, we've had some pretty decent weather. But David, take that 30,000 foot view and, and look at the corn in a more global sense. Yeah, because that's where it really gets interesting. First of all, the stocks and all positions numbers came in really interesting when you look in terms of stocks to usage, because it's the ratio of stocks to the actual usage that you have left. And look, we're down to 9.56 again on the corn, extremely tight at 1.388 on the ending stocks. It's very significant, I feel, going forward, but there's something else tied to it. And if you've missed this, it's a big chunk of the whole worldwide story. Europe has been absolutely sweltering. Their crops have been suffering. Their corn crops have been losing. Now, both Ukraine and Russia say they got a better crop, but when you compare it to two years ago, it isn't that much better. But when you look at the world ending stocks, this year dropped to 311.84. The trade was looking for a 312 and a half. But next year, world ending stocks 306.68. The trade was 309.82 in July was 312.94. That is the effect of the hot, dry conditions of both South Africa before and also in Europe. That's a very significant situation developing over there. We depend an awful lot on our corn export business, and I expect to see that increase, even though China's not that big of a buyer. But there any kind of a buyer, that's going to really tilt the scale to the bull side again. But David, you're right. That 306 million ton carryover for next year is getting very, very tight on a worldwide basis. And we're below 10% on the stocks to use ratio for corn. That's extremely tight. And just to put that in perspective on the corn, we're looking at a carryover uh, 1.388 billion. Okay, you're essentially, for all practical purposes, out of corn at 1.2 billion. Mm -hmm. So you see how close we are to being out of corn. Folks, we just have no more room for error whatsoever this coming year. And John, we haven't talked about this before, but they call it pipeline. What is it when you run out of it, even though there is a number that's supposedly still there? What is the pipeline? Let's explain it for people. Yeah, that's that 1.2 billion is the pipeline supply. You're looking at the supplies of corn all over the United States. And there's a farmer here with a, with a few bushels of his bin and one down the road with a few bushels of his bin. There's an elevator down there with maybe a couple of million bushels in their bins. These little pieces here and there, I mean, it's out there, but you can't get your hands on it. It's just a little bit here and a little bit there. And, and that little bit adds up to 1.2 billion. That's your pipeline supply. That's where you're essentially out of corn. That's the critical number going forward. And that's part of those pipeline supplies. It's also the corn that sends some trains that are moving from point A to point B. And uh, that's quickly consumed. So the key thing is, is we're real close to getting down to pipeline supplies, not only for corn, but of course, soybeans. Yes. And John, you know, you've said so many times, I mean, people, if you want to watch this and see it unfold, all you got to do, like John has said before, watch the basis. Because when that basis starts going crazy, and we saw that a couple of times this summer, you know that we've gotten down to that point <laughs> where they're trying real hard to shake some of that stuff out of the bins. Let's go to soybeans. David, take a look at stocks to use. Yeah, because this is even more significant than corn. Because you know, we're talking 10% below that on the ending stocks to usage ratio. But look at soybeans, folks. Last year, this one year we're in right now, 5.02. A very, very tight situation this year. But get a look at this. Remember that two years ago, 571? 
this year is 547 on the stocks to ratio. I'm talking a record crop on soybeans here potentially at 4531, lesser acreage, but a higher yield, especially almost 52. When I round it up, it is a 52 bushel per acre. So these stocks of beans are very, very good. But at the same time, I keep seeing increases in demand and I keep seeing the ending stocks being that tight. You're down to only 243 million bushels at the end of the year next year. That's going to be super tight, especially if we lose any crop. Now, let's look at the world ending stocks the same way. It looks a little better for the beans. They're 225 in the world right now versus 215 last month. They're 245 for next year. They were looking at 230 last month. So the ending stocks on beans worldwide, let me emphasize that, look a little better. That's an offset here. But for us here in the U.S., it's very, very tight. And I'm saying any loss in the crop size here will translate to much higher prices. Why is that world number a little bit more comfortable versus the U.S. supplies? Because people have more beans and they're in other locations that can deliver it. South America. <laughs> you know, they're expecting a huge increase in Brazil on bean production and Argentina, both expected to increase sharply this coming year if, if they get the uh, acres planted, they get the yields that they're expecting, but they're looking for an 18% increase in Brazilian production. So that's really expected to be the saving grace for world soybean supplies is uh, is that. So we have to keep, of course, a very close eye on the production there because the U.S. had a projected 245 million carryover. Uh-oh, very, very tight. And if we just take one bushel off that yield, we had a 51.9 yield for forecasted down just one bushel, we take another 80 million off of that, and we're, we're down below 200. Hmm. Yep. And pipeline supplies on soybeans, the where you at where you're out of soybeans is around 120 million bushels. Everybody talking about South America's crop, boy, are they beating their chest? Oh, they're playing the gorilla out on that. The thing I want to stress is La Nina continues, and we're in a very unusual situation. It's called triple La Nina. It's the first time in 22 years. It rarely happens. They're all saying, "Oh my, we're heading down the." slippery slope, the La Nina is going to get worse. But then they were saying on Friday, but yeah, after the winter, it'll go right back up again. I'm going, uh-huh, for three years, I've been talking about La Nina and it's still there, folks. I'm not going to give up on that. If La Nina, and I'm saying if with capital letters, if it continues into next spring, it's going to see a very significant change for the weather in South America to the drier again. Now, keep that in mind mm. because the La Nina strengthening. It's going to be drier this fall, drier this winter, and it'll be drier for them next spring. So that is what I think is the big thing to watch because all they want to do is talk about how big that South American crop is going to be. Yeah, they're just whistling in the dark. All right, there's one more thing, David, and it has to do with hogs and particularly China, who we were told over and over again, oh, man, our hog herd is renewed and it's going great, better than ever. And then they come out and they say, well, you know, the, the soy meal and the soybean demand from China because they're hog thing is down and uh, so the demand level is going to be dropping and it's like well which one is it do you have a better hog crop or are you are you going to buy soybeans from us I, i'm confused here what's going yeah, on i know i know the chinese are all wizard of oz they're behind the curtain and they tell you everything you want to hear all right you want to hear that china's big crop is getting bigger the evidence of that is that they're still buying a lot of pork from us right yeah yeah they're still they bought a bunch last week so the thing is they're trying to talk up to the chinese citizens because they're in such economic turmoil 
And the whole country right now is worried about food security more than we ever have because they can't get out and buy the food. So, yeah, that's a very significant issue, especially as far as China goes. But for here in the U.S., the demand for pork is growing so fast. I can't get over it. Look at cash hogs up to 128. My goodness. Here are the cattle prices are 138 to 140. I was thinking this week a couple of times, my gosh, what if we get the cash hog price over the cash cattle price? Well, <laughs> I don't know. You've got National Pork Month coming up. Well, I saw the uh, beef hit 144 today on December. Yeah, that's great. I love this beef market right now. It's not the Packers because they're the ones that actually destroyed their own business by widening out the margins as much as they did by forcing down price of cattle by not buying as many and then making less beef available. That's been a huge, huge underlying oh, current here. Yeah, crazy. So they have to get back. Yeah, it is crazy. All right, John, you know, because we focused so much on the WASD report today, the world is your oyster for the last word today. There's just a very long list of things that we were unable to cover today. So what you got for us, Mr. Kavanaugh? Well, something kind of unusual and a little bit on the exciting side, at least I think so, uh, it has to do with all things cover crops. But there's a cover crop uh, called Pennycrest, and it's got some unique characteristics because it is an excellent cover crop. It's, it provides nutrients to the soil, but at the yeah. same time, you can harvest the crop and you can extract oil from it that you can use to make biodiesel, as well as producing protein substitute for soybean meal. That's kind of unusual to have those two things together and there's a joint venture being formed. Chevron and the Bungie Corporation are combining. They're going to unite with Bayer to form a new company to produce this cover crop. Now, I'll be quite honest. I'm the palm oil guy around here, not the cover crop guy. David, so David, so David tell us all about this. Yeah, they're saying that it absorbs nitrate and phosphorus, holds it in. So if you've got a wet situation, you can't leave your field open over the winter. You can grow this cover crest, they call it now. And the flowers are very attractive to pollinators. And when are the flowers available? They're available in the spring. So that's a plus. And the seeds that you can get from that are absolutely fantastic. And the situation is that they've developed just like they developed from rapeseed canola. They've developed this from penny crest into cover crest. And what this means is the seed pods were pretty frangible. They would break up real easily. Now this has a thicker hull so they can harvest it better and not lose as many seeds. And I'll tell you what, it's got so many pluses here because it's both a cover crop and it's a harvestable crop. And look, you plant it in the fall, harvest in the spring. It's a plus plus as far as I'm concerned. Well, there you go. Kavanaugh, you've been upstaged one more time. <laughs> but I did that one on purpose. <laughs> Thanks, guys. The guys are brought to you each week by the Allen County Farm Bureau. And the farm bill is being discussed right now in Washington, D.C., both in the House and the Senate. The conversation on both sides of the fence has been a lot more about those midterm elections. Because as soon as that happens, the chairmanship for both ag committees could change. And when that changes, the priorities change. But whatever way that goes, the Farm Bureau has been there positioning themselves to support the needs and the wishes of farm families all across the U.S. You want to support that effort? Of course you do. Support your local county Farm Bureau with a membership. That's how you do that. Go online to itpaystobeamember.org. Podcasts by Federated Media.